Hello, and welcome to Step Into Light. I'm Laura Barton. And I'm Michelle Jones. Today we're going to cover the um, lesson in the Come Follow Me manual titled Christmas, Good Tidings of Great Joy. And we'll be looking at the story found of the Christmas story in Luke chapters 1 and 2. And I was thinking uh, as I prepared for this podcast about some of the topics we've talked about in the, the past and the concept of light, we've talked about light a lot. And I thought about how that for me is the spirit of Christmas. Um, in the past, I shared with you that as a child, I really recognized that Christmas trees represented Christ and that they shared his light with the world. And that at Christmas time, I could see everybody putting Christmas trees in their living room and driving down the road and seeing light shining from everyone's house. And so for me, that that concept of light really brought Christmas into my heart during the times of December. And I'm, and so I started thinking, well, how does that really manifest for everyone? And during the the season of Christmas, we, we share gifts, we give gifts, we receive gifts. And I thought it's through Christ and his light that we receive that spirit of Christmas as we receive the gift that he gave us, which was his life as he came to earth. And so as I thought of it in that terms, I thought how interesting that I feel this Christmas season that the spirit of Christmas is actually about the spirit of receiving and giving. Right. But it seems sometimes it's almost flipped, right? It seems like a lot of times we talk about the opposite of that, which is, no, the whole point of December is not to receive anything. We're just giving, giving, giving. And I, I'm i very intrigued to see kind of where we're going to unfold this as we take that idea and really look at the scriptures um, in Luke 1 and Luke 2. We're really going to focus our efforts there today. Um, I also really loved what you were saying. I could picture, like I was thinking about this concept of the magic of Christmas. And I think, you know, we think of that as we think of our families and Christmas time and that there is like a different energy and feeling and there's anticipation and that that magic of Christmas, I think, is so connected to light because, you know, for you, that was represented with the Christmas tree and how that connected you to that feeling of the light of Christ and I see it, you know, as as I take my children when they're younger in the car, like I think of the things that bring that magic feeling to me. And it is oftentimes like, you know, you go and you see the Christmas lights outside. So there's another light. But it's really like the light that shines in my kids faces, especially when they're little and like everything is just exciting and fresh and new. And that that light that is within them is the part of the magic of Christmas for me as the mother. Right, and that's what I was thinking. I think it's with children, sometimes we teach them, yes, it's wonderful to receive a gift, but let me just let you know, it'll be wonderful when you start sharing gifts at Christmas. But the genuine beauty of Christmas morning is seeing a child open a gift and seeing that light in their eyes, right? Mm, I love that. And so it's just so interesting to think that where do we see light at the Christmas season? And I do feel that when we give, give, we do experience that. It's seeing the light in other people's faces often will bring light into you easily. But I keep picturing um, when we were 
discussing Revelation and the picture in the Come Follow Me manual is Christ knocking at the door, right? And it is up to us to receive him. It's up to us to let him in. It's up to us to open that door and let him in and let his light in and receive that gift that he wants to give us. And if you think about it, I feel like there's many people at Christ's birth that let that light in and received him. And so those are kind of my thoughts as I'm going into um, the scriptures today. But I specifically think... Oh, Did you I, want to say something? Well, I, I was just going to say, and I think as we're looking at it, we can really take this analogy and understanding what we visually see like on Christmas morning or mm-hmm. in some of these things and really applying it, the nuance. There, There is a difference between when we see a child and they receive a gift joyfully. Like they're all in. They love it. They have, they recognize that it's for them. Their face is lit up. They like accept it fully Mm -hmm. they fully accept that that's for them as opposed to we've all had that experience where we've given a gift and it falls flat like it's there's no connection to it someone may see a gift and it just isn't the right one or maybe even you know there's gifts there but one of them isn't really for you and so you know you don't get that excited about it and so as we are going to start looking at the different responses that some of these key players had as the Savior physically came to the earth, I think it's worth noting the fullness of heart with which he was received. And the greatest gift he gave us was through the atonement, and yet the atonement is comprehensible. I think we associate the atonement with the Garden of Gethsemane and the cross, and yet we know that that atonement was in effect in the preexistence, that it's in effect throughout our life it's pervasive and so it's interesting that as we talk about this gift we're talking about the birth of christ on this earth a small baby born in a manger and it just reminds us that yes accepting christ is accepting that he atoned for the sins of the world and he is the savior of the world but i loved what you just stated about a child just accepting and receiving gifts because Christ is constantly handing us gifts through his light every day if we choose to accept it. And yes, it's important to set, accept that comprehensive concept about him being the savior of the world, but to recognize every day he gives you the gift of love and the opportunity to accept that every day in every moment. As you interact with people, you can feel that love from Christ and you can share that love from Christ. Even if we're giving it away, We're receiving it from Christ because he is the constant source of light in our life. Because we can access that always. Because there's really no way that we can give light and love to others without receiving it from God in order to give it. And so really the act of giving light and love is also simultaneously an act of receiving. And I'm just excited to talk about this. As we've been talking, I just felt this great anticipation that we all must have felt as we knew that this plan was going to roll forward and that you know the savior would come to the earth he would have this mortal experience this is the moment that we have all been waiting for since the plan was introduced to us before the war in heaven and here it is this is the moment he is coming he is here on earth and i think that i was among those that watched this with joyful and just like so much joy 
it's here, it's happening. He is coming to the earth and everything is going to unfold just like we were told it would. I love that you recognize that you're one of the hosts of heaven at this. And I don't know, I'm just guessing, but I feel like it's probably a good guess. Because I just feel that excitement within me now. But as a woman and as a mother, as I was looking at this, I was really thinking about Mary and and how I've received Christ in my life and how many of those go with that same role of of being a daughter of Eve and and recognizing that through women sons are brought into this world daughters are brought into this world that are children of god and that we can recognize the importance of that role and and really at the end of the story we hear that mary treasures everything in her heart and she ponders upon these things and as i think about that i think about where that started for mary and and i think about it starting at the announcement of jesus birth to mary which we find at the end of chapter 1 where an angel comes to mary and he says greetings favored daughter the lord is with you and and she sees an angel and she's troubled upon hearing these words and she wonders you know why is an angel coming to me and and saying that i'm a favored daughter and there's this beautiful, do not fear, Mary, you have found grace with God. And to me, I just identify with, with Mary on some level that when we have these amazing experiences that Christ wants to give us, there's this sense of humility of like, why me? But, and, and even in these moments, I think we are able to see that she didn't know before that moment what her role was to play in this plan. And I think in that same way, that is true for each one of us. We may not yet fully know what our role is to play, but that doesn't mean we don't have a role to play. And so I love that we are able to really see that unfold here that she has this um, experience where she is told that. Right. And so as women um, feeling the spirit, sharing with you that Christ has something to give to you, this is something that Mary experienced. But what an interesting experience for her to find out that she will be the mother of the Savior of the world. And that the angel tells her that Christ will come, the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will re- rule the house of Jacob for eternity and there will be no end to his kingdom. Okay. And, and I don't know about you, but because we've been like this come follow me lesson is sandwiched in between the book of revelation. And I just think, okay, this is, and I, and I can see the beauty of it. Like at first I'm like, really, we're reading like revelation in the week of Christmas. Like what? But then I read this and here we see in smack in the middle of the Christmas story, verse 33, is basically giving us a little piece of the book of Revelation, of the plan of salvation. This is the context for how this beautiful experience for Mary and the Savior coming, it's not just about the birth. It's so much grander than that. Right. And I think Mary, simply because it is her role, receives understanding. But isn't it beautiful that she doesn't receive the revelation of John as the mother of Christ's coming? That there's different people that receive different gifts at different times because they each of us has a role. 
And Mary's role is to be the mother of the Savior, and I think that she understood and was given understanding for her role. And I think with that came a lot of compassion and understanding and excitement about receiving this gift that let her know that this was going to be the the son of God and he was going to do a sacrifice, but she was given the part that she needed to know at that time. Yes. And that in and of itself was hard enough. And the angel comforted her and said, fear not, because this is your role and you are favored of God and he loves you. And this is to bring joy in your creation. And as amazing and magnificent as this role would be, Mary, at that moment, I believe, was also recognizing the mm, complication that it was to be asked to fulfill this role, particularly in the culture that she was in at that time as an unmarried woman, to have this miraculous pregnancy. And mm, I, I don't think that she was unaware that what she was being asked to do was not only a great gift, but also a burden that she was being asked to carry. Right. And so the joy that came with hearing how pleased God with, was with her also came with some probably um, can, questions that Mary thought, well, how am I going to do this? This seems like a really some of the practical questions, right. some which of the, is reasonable. Some of the practical everyday things, and I think, oh, that's a lot like us. Sometimes I get an overall picture of like a piece of my role to play, and then guess what? Everyday life questions come into my head, like, so how does that work? Like, well, what are the actual steps for that? And I love in verse thirty-seven, the angel tells her, "With God, nothing shall be impossible." And despite all of this. I, I, I would have to think awareness that Mary has. In verse 38, she says, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. So right. she accepts her role. Absolutely. And I think that's a beautiful part that she was saying, let it happen according to thy word. That even though this is something that I may have some fear about, this is an example of a faithful all-star that says, let it be according to thy word, even though I know this is going to be hard. And so we have the birth of Jesus Christ in chapter two. And is there a, a starting verse that sticks out to you? They are, because okay. I, I started in, in verse five. So I'm going to read verses six and seven from the King James version, because okay. I feel like that's You like, know what, please do that, yes. Because I feel like that's kind of what we're, I don't know, familiar with. It has right. like some familiarity there. Mm-hmm. I was going to say nostalgia, but I don't know if that's the right word. So I don't know. So Some in, standard work doctrine. I don't I like know. It. So in chapter two of Luke, verse six, um, and they have come here, as we all know, to the city of Bethlehem, the city of David, because of some um, taxes. taxes, some things that have been asked to them. And while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and I thought, well, that's skipping over an awful lot of work on Mary's part right there. Like, that is not a simple thing that we just wrapped up into five words. But let's just acknowledge that that was a great sacrifice that she made there. And um, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And I, I really, like, as I was reading it this time around, I was really struck by the physicality of what right. Mary did for the Savior. She was called upon to physically minister and care for and nurture the savior when he was at his most vulnerable on the earth. And I'm thinking about the different stages of when she's received Christ into her life. 
She received Christ when the angel told her because she was willing to do it. She exercised that faith already. And I feel like that's one of the things that was stated in the announcement from the angel. She's received Christ into her life at this point, And yet here she is physically receiving the son of God and the savior of the world. Because I have to feel like when the angel came and made this announcement that she had a choice. She could have said, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to. And I don't think that that would have been forced upon her. That do- that just doesn't resonate with me. And so she did make a choice again. I mean, she had already made that. I'm sure that she understood and knew that before she came to the earth. But then with that veil that we have, she then was in a position to get be, be presented once again with her role to play. And she had the opportunity to accept and step into that role or not to step into it. And so she received him by accepting and choosing it once again. And to me, that tells me the power of faith. Because we think about these roles and we read this, I've read this hundreds of times, right? But the power of Mary's faith is what propelled that forward. That that's what she chose to do. Yes. Even in this mortal existence, because that fear, I'm sure, was palpable. The fear of being told that that was your role, no matter how beautiful her spirit was, the earthly existence and the contrast that she was experiencing and knowing that her culture would persecute her, that was real. Right. But the power of her faith was exemplified with everything you just stated and and that's that's really interesting to think about how powerful faith is the first principle that we learn about and i think that's a good example of the power of it and and particularly when we partner it then with the power of our simple obedience and what we demonstrate by what we're willing to do because then we're not just talking faith here in verse seven, when she went through the pains of labor and brought forth her son. And then I don't know why there's something so tender about this. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because she closed, clothed the savior, right? Close us with robes of glory. I mean, it's just so beautiful, but in a sense, she is saying once again, I receive you. I accept my role as your mother and I will physically step forward and do those things that are associated with that role. I will lovingly care for you. And the being the caregiver of the savior is a whole nother podcast. So, <laughs> but, um, she wrapped him in swatting clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the guest chamber is what makes sense. There was no room for them in the end. And we know that there's other people in the story of Christ's birth that received the savior. There was no room for him in the end, but those that were blessed to be around the manger that day received the Savior. There were shepherds that because there was a light, a star, the star of Bethlehem guided them. And that light lit up their night. And because they were shepherding others, they were shepherding a flock, they were given the opportunity to choose the Savior and to receive him that night. So I'm going to read the King James verses to set us up here. In verse 9, Well, starting in verse 8, 
There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And that just shows something beautiful too, that acceptance of their role to keep watch night and day. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. So we have this other source of light here as well with these this heavenly glory. Um, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great good tidings of great joy. And the angels announce that in this day is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So they're not just being told, here's this amazing baby. They're being told, this is the Savior. This is the Messiah. And you have the opportunity to go. And I think it's interesting how we see again this tension between our divine role and our divine part to play and the sort of our mortal experience of having some fear as we step into that and how in both cases that fear was not a sign of unworthiness it was not a sign of not having a desire to receive the savior i think it's just part of mortality that we have this uncertainty and this fear and that the angels comforted them in their fear. Absolutely. So the angel of the Lord came and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And the people were sore afraid. And that's just life, right? That when something different happens, there is this fear like we talked about with Mary. And so we have more people that because the Savior came into the world are shown their roles and their opportunities to receive the gift of the Savior. And what does the angel say to them? Fear not. Fear not because choosing Christ will always bring good tidings of great joy. And it's not just to me and it's not just to Mary and it's not just to the shepherd. It's to all people. For on that day in the city of David, a Savior was born. He was Christ the Lord, and he was born for all people throughout the earth at the meridian of time for thousands of years before and thousands of years to come, that on that day, those people were able to receive him physically and to praise and say glory to God and the Most High. And um, I got to be the angel and the Messiah and seeing this over and over again. And... I finally decided that I'm pretty sure that I got to sing with the angels that day because it just makes sense. <laughs> so I like that you and I feel like we were part of the host of heaven that day because this message is for all people to receive the Savior into your life and to be willing to overcome that fear and to be faithful and to receive that calling and to do the work to actually bring that light into your own life to receive that life and light and to share it through the savior with others yes and i and and here again we see this pattern just like we saw with mary with the shepherds where the shepherds have this visitation with the angel they're being told that this is the savior and they are seeing it and accepting it and so there's a a, a receiving of truth a receiving of the Savior. And then now there's the physicality of it. In verse 15, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now, even unto Bethlehem. And they came with haste. 
And I just love that that shows that it's not just that they believed and they received, but then they also partnered their actions to show that they received. And they ran. Yeah. They, <laughs> they went there and when they were, when they had made that choice, there wasn't a really turning back. Like they made the choice and they, they went and received him. And so I love that this story is about those that receive Christ that day, because we know that when we get the longer version of this, that there are people that don't receive them, that there's not room for them, that there's, there's still the distractions going on in the world. And yet in this story, we get the people that see the light and come. We get the people that receive the message and come. We get the people that have eyes to see and ears that hear, that they come and receive the Savior into, into their life. And every one of them who heard this in, in verse 18, I don't know why I'm reading from the Greek version. It's just, you should be reading all the verses. Do you, do you, do you want me to do but it? Yeah, read 18, 19, and 20 to finish this off. Okay, so I'm going to start at verse 17, actually. And when they heard it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. So they were a witness of what they had seen, which is yet another level of receiving. I'm not just Absolutely. accepting it for myself. And then going to do, but now I'm going to testify of what I have seen. I'm going to witness. I love that. So we have people accepting calls, being faithful, witnessing of it. There are different ways that we can receive Christ in our life, but we have those that are seeing, that are knowing, that are understanding, and receiving it in all different ways into their lives. Yes. And then we have verse 18. And all they that heard it, what the shepherds had been sharing, wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And again, another moment of decision to receive or not to receive. And um, verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So the level of understanding, we receive the Savior, but there are many different ways we can receive the Savior in our life. And, and he will teach us. He will continually teach us as we accept him and as we allow him to teach us. To, to get more and more understanding, there seems to be a discrepancy between the understanding of the shepherds and Mary that the shepherds are still receiving understanding. They're still wondering. But Mary is at a point where she's treasuring these things in her heart. She's gotten to a place where, where she has accepted that this is the Son of God and the Savior of the world on a different level than maybe some other people. And, and that's how we are in life. We just, at different times, we receive different levels of understanding of how pervasive Christ can come into our life if we receive them. And I we receive him. Thank you. And yes, and I think, isn't this a really beautiful example of what being intimately connected yes. to the Savior can do for you? Because I love when you bring it back to the intimacy because, that we can have. Because Mary has this very intimate role with mm-hmm. the Savior. And so her recognition of that, the beautiful, like I'm just picturing this beautiful, peaceful fullness that she is pondering this and keeping these things in her heart. And as we yearn for that, that we can have that too, as we continue on this journey of developing that intimate relationship with the Savior, which I think goes right back to your thought about how we have these daily opportunities to receive him. And as we do that in an intimate way, we too can be like Mary and keep all of these things in our hearts. And, and, And in the end, verse 20, 
Will you read that? Yes. And the shepherds returned. And I thought that that was really cool. They were like, no, I'm going to come back. I'm coming back to the Savior. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And isn't the best part of seeing someone receive a gift, being really grateful for it? Like we talked at the beginning. The spirit of Christmas, you know... These our children get so excited and they want these gifts and they want these gifts and there's the sense, well, when you mature, you won't be so, I need so many gifts. But the joy of Christmas that we discussed was those children opening a present, receiving it. It's received, you can see the light in their eyes, but you also know it because they sit there and they go, thank you, thank you, thank you. And they run and put their arms around your neck and say thank you. They don't say glory to you, but <laughs> which is appropriate. That's right. A, that that's but okay. But I this Christmas season give glory and praise to God for all the things that he's given me because it's been a beautiful year. And I am so thankful that for the opportunity that I have to receive him into my life and I love that the Christmas season gives us all an opportunity to feel those same feelings in unity with one another at the same time. And one of the gifts he gave me this year is spending time with you. So thank you. Laura, I love that. Thank you.